You're listening to Brick by Brick, a podcast by The Brownstone Experience. I am Felicia, and I will be interviewing women of color entrepreneurs at the table. We'll learn more about their entrepreneurial journey, lessons they've learned, and tools they use to remain successful. Enjoy. Hello, hello, Jennifer. How are you again? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good because I'm here with you. Yes, welcome to At The Table. Okay. So on At The Table, we discuss the entrepreneurship journey, your journey, and we also aim to divulge as much knowledge and information as we can for the budding, uh, aspiring, current, frustrated entrepreneur in any way, um, as much as we can, the information that you bring as an expert. Um, So Jennifer, tell us about what you do today. Today, absolutely. So today, um, I am in the capital space, um, both private equity and venture capital, um, where I'm helping companies, um, mostly revenue generating companies, um, help grow and scale their business and help grow and scale through providing them funding options um, for their companies. Um, A lot of those funding options look different. Um, It's through a combination of... um, Debt loans, um, actual equity in itself are a combination of the two. But um, my day-to-day is helping companies grow and scale and prepare for an exit. And prepare for an exit. Um, And that's so important to this month, particularly in Brownstone, because we are focusing on financial literacy. Yes. Um, And so I think it's so important for us to be uh, honest with ourselves when it comes to the capital conversations as Black women entrepreneurs do. stat that I love that I feel like is so um, black and white, right? So we have black women are starting businesses at the fastest rate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then on the flip side of that, you hear that we're only getting 2% of the capital. So for me, it piques my um, interest, my, you know, endless curiosity on, well, how do we fix that problem? How do we start having those conversations around um, more having more capital within our communities and for our companies. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? What what comes to mind when you start to think about that stat about us getting so little capital to operate our businesses? You know, I think it's um it's a it's um it's a myriad of things. I'm not, I'm gonna say because yeah. I've been um, on both sides. I've been that person pitching to investors. Um, needing capital, um, telling them I need capital for my business and not getting the capital. But I've also been at the table where I've had to make a decision on if this group or this individual gets capital, yeah. right? And I think it's a misalignment of the need and in the profile of who you're speaking with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very powerful to know as an entrepreneur um, who you're speaking to and why you're asking for the money that you're asking, and really how they're going to get their money back. Yes. I call it the bluff slide. Mm. Bottom line up front. I'm hoping that is slide number two or three when you're presenting because that's the, I don't care about the market. I don't care about any of the demographics. I want to know how you're asking me for $500,000, a million dollars, $250,000. How am I going to get my money back and when? And I think that part is missed. Right. The trajectory of where the business is going. Um, you know, I think COVID, um, if you look at COVID, um, that was unexpected for everybody. And I think a lot of businesses either thrive during COVID 
or they didn't, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think understanding that your team structure is very important to investors is is a start because we are investing in your team because if a pivot needs to happen, Lord forbid we get shut down another two years. Mm -hmm. If a pivot needed to happen and we gave you money, are you going to be able to sustain the pivot? Mm -hmm. Maybe your initial thought and idea for your phase one or two is not going to work. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to pivot and still make money. Can we trust you and the team that you have to make that happen? And a lot of times people come asking for, you know, money and it's just one or two people. Yeah. Sure. You know, they but, don't, yeah. you know, so it's a, it's, it's a, I would say I would start there with the team. Can we yeah. trust the team and the experience that they have to really make it work? Yeah. So let's, let's definitely touch on team, right? <laughs> I, sorry. I'm thinking there's no I in team, but a lot of us are solo entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, and so what does it look like? And then you also hear that people buy into you. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the sort of frustrating Absolutely. things for me is uh, the social media, you know, or well, people you have to be out front. But at the end of the day, is that going to get capital to your business by being performative online? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that's a question that we should ask ourselves while we're building businesses. Um, what would you say to the solo entrepreneur when um, who's building a business um, sure. and what should be their first hire? How should they look? at the future of building a team. I love this. And I love um, starting from ground zero. I wouldn't say ground zero, but starting fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Because the reality of it is, is everyone does, everyone that started a business doesn't want to be a big business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's some people that have started a business um, to be able to have partnerships or resources that they use, depending on the type of work that they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's very much appropriate. Um, in terms of when to know when to hire and when not, I think it's a matter of goal setting and understanding where you're trying to go and by when. I live and die by dates, mm-hmm. and calendars, and planning. You know, where do you want this company to go three to six months from now? And what are you projecting you're going to need three to six months from now? What is your biggest pain point? Is it marketing or is it sales? What is your biggest you know? pain point? Where's your, so good. Yeah. Where's yeah. your biggest pain point? And just really being able to, and how much money are you, re- you know, revenue generating? Mm-hmm. And if you're not making any right now, okay, what do you need to get to to be comfortable to, to hire a resource? And maybe this resource is a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is not a full-time person that's there 40 hours a week. Maybe they're doing five to 10 hours a week mm-hmm. or maybe just five, you know, and maybe they're just doing one or two tasks, you know, so just really understanding what your need is, um, is a start. And, I, and you know, there's so much software AI technology out there. I don't even want to get touch on AI world yes, right Lord. now. Yes, Lord. To where they're doing it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it for you. So for you. just understanding, you know, you don't need, you know, I've heard someone say, well, I need an admin that kind of control my calendar and all of that. And that was a couple of years ago. I'm like, they have so many tools out there that do that. Mm-hmm. You know, bookkeeper, we got QuickBooks. I mean, there's so many things that you can automate and use to where, you know, you can really save a lot by not having a dedicated resource. So really right. just asking yourself, why do I need this resource? Mm-hmm. What it will be used for and how long do I need them? Is yes. this project based? You know, because it is a lot of money to have someone full time if you don't really need them. But the bigger picture is just being able to plan mm-hmm. your, your, your plan for your business. 
you know, um, right now you should be looking, you know, we're wrapping up Q1, Q2 is, is head there. So you should be planning for Q3 if you haven't already done so yet. Right. You know, so it's just really having the proper planning and understanding on where you're going to need some of these um, resources and how you're going to fill these gaps. Sure. Another thing that um, we sort of jumped right back, right into uh, the capital conversation. Um, and now I feel like we're sort of peeling apart um, what it takes to get to the uh, capital ready place. Mm. Uh, so first we talked about, you know, the desire to build a team or the path to building a team. But also I want to affirm the black women entrepreneurs who feel like, um, who feel some type of way about needing capital. Mm. Um, you may think I need $5,000 to run my business this month and I should feel bad about not having that money because most of us are bootstrapping our businesses. But the reality is when you look at the capitalism in America, right, um, they are operating off of other people's money, capital. So I just don't want, I want to make sure that it's understood that needing capital is real. Absolutely. And, um, and, and I want to talk a little bit about why that is. The wealth gap is one reason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but the practicality of mm-hmm. needing the capital run the business. Is, is very normal. Mm-hmm. You do want to use OPM. Other people's money, mm-hmm. for sure, um, if you have the ability to do that. Um, but you also want to prep yourself in a way to where you can use other people's money. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone were to give you know you $10,000 right now, how you've managed funds in the last two years is going to impact my decision on whether I want to give you that money today. Mm-hmm. Not how much you've made in your business. I could love the idea and love you today, but how you manage funds in your life in general. Yes. That matters, you know, and I think what we should be more aware of as just entrepreneurs, but specifically black women and why that, and I'm not saying that that's just a black, you know, woman's thing, but just on my own personal experience where I had to do a lot of deep digging, right, before I even got in this space, is that how you manage funds and how you get by up until a point to where you're asking, people want to know before they give you money. And I think that is a um, very practical thing. And I think it's responsible thing, you know, I mean, and I think a lot of that history on how things are managed and and, and where funds were used too much here to kind of tells the story about the person, Mm. right. And just kind of what a, a person or a bank or individual is willing to give. Yes. Right. And so I definitely think, um, we can overcome that barrier for sure. Because let's be honest, we have a lot of barriers out there that yes. we have nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. We just have nothing to do with, even though we're the fastest growing race uh-huh. and ethnicity mm-hmm. and gender mm-hmm. to be starting businesses and running businesses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, getting capital to sustain our businesses seems to be a big problem. Mm-hmm. I get that. But things that we can do, and my goal is to be able to help make that smoother, yeah. By helping educate on how to prep, how to pivot to win. Yes. How to pivot what you're doing in order to win the money, mm-hmm. to win what you're trying to go, to how to speak to the right audience about the right amount of what you're trying to do. Yes. Because it's a matter of words and lingo. Um, and it's and someone really has to ask you to the dance. I'm, I'm going to be honest. In this space, people have to like you and they have to ask you to the dance. Mm-hmm. They, want, they have to want to see you there. Mm-hmm. You know, and a part of that is being able to speak the same language. You know, and understanding who you're speaking to and what matters most to them. 
And ultimately, it is the bottom line of the finances. It's of the finances. Absolutely. So that's a start. That's a huge start. That's a start, start right? Um, that's a huge start. Um, and and I, I heard in there as well, uh, your personal finances, mm. right? You Absolutely. Said it, it tells a story. And it can also get you to a place of being able to borrow at your local bank level, right? To walk into a, a, a retail branch and to get a credit card or a credit union and to get a loan to fund your business at, you know, years one through four or so. Um, and then you get to the invited to the dance when we're talking to, you know, people of your, in your uh, area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say the traditional way is the most hectic way, which is mm-hmm. the banks, right? Especially right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you do have the, the foundation, you know, you have accelerators, you have foundations, you have family offices, you have just people that angel investors, I would call them mm-hmm. venture capital groups. You know, there's so many avenues to go about asking for money. It's just about what approach mm-hmm. is best for them yeah. with what you have. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you present to them to where it resonates with what, what their expectation is? Yes. You know, that's really what the goal is. And that's really the song and dance that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out, okay, well, I'm talking to Angel Group. Okay, now I have to, you know, this, this looks a lot different than talking to this grants and foundation group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? This mm-hmm. looks a lot different talking to this audience. So being able to pivot those to win those opportunities and win multiple. My goal is to educate you enough to win multiple avenues. Mm-hmm. You need a whole bunch of channels of money yes. if you can. You know, you don't have to just go th- through one channel, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's um, it's, a, it's a lot of education in that, but I think it's a lot of just really, you know, explaining businesses in a way that resonates to the investors that are really looking to invest and, and provide you capital for your business. Yeah, I've heard um, a lot of, I've heard before, I won't say a lot, I've heard before that, um, there's a, a, a disconnect or I would say um, a moment of uncomfortableness when mm-hmm. we walk into rooms and the investors don't look like us, mm-hmm. right? So, it, it, it again, it helps to have you sitting at the table, right, to hopefully, you know, help to calm those nerves uh, sometimes. Do you think, um, how do you think that affects our experience, when we walk into the rooms and the investors don't look like us at all. Well, they can't relate. That's the first thing I'm thinking. Because most of the times we have products that resonate to us. us. Yeah. And I'm saying products because that's my space. Mm-hmm. But it could very well be whatever. Yeah. And whatever we're doing, um, it may resonate with us culturally. I mean, I've had a bunch of women come to me with um, hair products. Mm-hmm. And they go into a room full of white male investors. And they're like... They don't invest in me. They don't even understand the, you know. So I think it's a matter of, it's important to have representation in the capital space, period. And it's also important to have representation in everything we do. But the reality of it is, is we have a shortage with whatever we do. That's right. We There's a trillion dollars a year being spent on products. And we are not at the table deciding what products go at the shelves. Yes. Have you thought about that? So we're, there's a shortage everywhere. So you're going to have to really, and when, and when I talk about steadfast and really stand in your superpower and being confident with what you're bringing mm-hmm. and validate yourself before you even go in there, you are enough. What you have is enough. Your job is just to find the right match. Yes. Right? And sometimes the right match comes after match number 55. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets it on, I mean, very seldom do you get it on your first ask, and that's okay. But we also have to be humble enough to go back to the drawing board, mm-hmm. right? To take the critiques, go back to the drawing board, 
how to fill those gaps to improve, to wake up with enough strength to continue the journey. Yes. Um, something that came to mind when you just mentioned, you know, not deciding what's on the shelves and um, uh, moving into larger spaces um, was the Miel deal, right? Mm. She's not the first one, but she's the most recent, I yeah. think, that comes to mind. Um, and I had a couple people reach out to me and say, I want to know what you think about um, the Miel buyout. Um, and I was honored that they would reach out and ask me what I thought about that because I, I looked at it as an opportunity to educate on the importance of taking a deal like that because I think a lot of us felt like it was a sellout and I can't understand. I do understand why, but if it's frustrating, why, I mean, do we all have to be in the flea market? Do we all have to be at pop-ups with a table and two chairs? Like why can't we be on the shelves with suave and, you know, um, and that's the, the path in which she's headed down. So what do you, what comes to mind when you think about a, a deal like me or a journey of, of that sort to go from? Um, the first thing is that a lot of people don't understand the terms mm -hmm. that were in the agreement and how far removed or not she really is still even today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the power of being able to merge and get acquired is to get... Um, for one, you've been working at something for years and yes. someone acknowledges it and wants to pay you for it. That's an honor in itself. A lot of people wish they could get to even that step. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is now this brand that you've been working on is now really about to accelerate, you know, and you're not you're still going to be known as the founder. You know, there's a lot of things that you can um, level up and move on towards to. Yes. Now you can go into speaking. Yes. You don't have to be in the lab putting it together anymore, figuring out this team. You have a company that is partnered with you to ensure that they can handle that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the blessing in that is really having the help and someone recognizing you've done a great job. I want us to work together, Yes. right? Um, the selling out part, um, I don't, I think people, uh, there, there are people that start businesses to build legacy yeah. and keep it around 100 years. And there are some people that start businesses to with an exit. Mm -hmm. I think she had an ex exit in mind, and I think it's smart. Yeah, um, she knew that she was either going to merge, get acquired, or go public. One of the three, and she she chose a route, and that was her strategy. Yeah, and I think that more companies, um, more entrepreneurs should look at what their strategies are to yes. figure out why are you doing what you're doing. Absolutely, That's passion right stands behind a lot of people, and mm -hmm. I think it's great. Um, you definitely have to have that to get up. But when you're really coming to the table, and I think that's what gets a lot of entrepreneurs upset when they don't get capital or don't get because they have a lot of passion. I've been doing this and that. It's hard to measure passion. There's no metrics for that. Mm -hmm. Right? So when you think about why you as an entrepreneur are setting up this business or why you're operating the way you are and that strategy, it's because you should have an exit in mind. Yes. You know, because uh, the world is evolving. Mm -hmm. It is just evolving. What, what, you know, at one point we needed people to do things we don't necessarily. Yeah. Some yeah. people are even checking out their groceries at the cart. Yes. In the stores. Yes. Right? So things are changing. And so being able to keep up with the change and get to a point to where what you're doing or building is attractive, it's an honor. It's an honor. Yes. Um, so I definitely hear... Um, <coughs> I, mm -hmm. I definitely hear um, understanding uh, what your goal is. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that that's necessary coming into it? 
that you should have an understanding um, or just when you un- when you you recognize right the awareness part when you recognize that okay I am building something to exit uh, or I am building something to create a, a legacy then you need to get clear on the terminology and the education behind it yeah I think that um, you should do an assessment of some sort prior to stepping in to starting a business because you really don't know what the gaps are in the industry or in the world we're in right now. Right. I think everyone's goal is to start a business and make money, but how? But how? You know, what you know, that that why you factor. What sets you apart from everyone else? Mm-hmm. What is gonna be your why you factor? You know, what is your niche? You know, and I think it's important. You don't have to, you know, pay thousands of dollars for an assessment, but I think you should know as a person, I'm starting this business because I know there's a shortage or I know that this is an opportunity or I have this ability, you know, that approach. Um, as far as the exit. That doesn't come right off. Yeah. Sometimes that takes, you know, a year or two. Mm-hmm. Some people know right off, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and for me, I just I just feel like it's, um, it's whatever is in you to do, I don't think always have to be magnified to be the biggest business of Fortune 500. I think that there's some things that, you know, you're just making an impact and having, using your superpower and God's gift to you. Maybe just at the home or to yeah. your neighborhood. It doesn't have to be big. Yes. And I think once you realize where you want to be, then it becomes simple. Yes. You yes. know, it just really becomes simple. Yes. Uh, I want to fast forward through the journey a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Um, you mentioned the bluff slide. Um, bottom line. Up front. Up front. And is that, are you connecting that to numbers? So the bottom, yes. So bottom line up front is why do you need the capital? Where you're going? What are you projecting? <laughs> you're going to take this. Mm-hmm. And how long is it going to take you to get there? The bottom line up front. So I'm sure we'll click that. That'll be good. That yeah, is the bottom line up front. Do. And that actually, I, I was educated on that mm-hmm. um, through um, business partner of mine, Chad Harper. Mm-hmm. So he taught me that. His, 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 all of his experience in the MA world um, but just educating me on that. Cause just sitting, just sitting through presentations, we get a lot. Yeah. We get like a hundred, at least a hundred a quarter that we have to, okay, well, how many due diligence, mm-hmm. not even a full due diligence mm-hmm. and then narrow it down to 10, 10 groups. And then it keeps going. And so really by the, you know, when you're going through all these decks, you're looking at, okay, what's the bottom, like bottom line, tell me what you want, how much, where you're going, where you plan to get there and how. And how. that is um definitely gems i I hope that that helps a lot of our um young ladies who are at that point because that's a huge thing to get to that point yeah um i think i want to um ask you for some tools um that you would give an entrepreneur um that you use to stay sane Mm. um and to (laughs) i don't really mean sane right because entrepreneurship is um, I just think it's mentally challenging, mm-hmm. um, yeah, especially as as black women. Um, you know, I think that historically it is more comfortable to go to a job every day um, and, and work. Um, it's, it's more accepted in our culture. Uh, I mean, entrepreneurship is being highlighted, right, because of social media, but the real journey behind the camera Absolutely. looks totally different. Um, so what are some of your best practices or tools that you've used, um, that you use daily? To Absolutely. 
Um, just find time to wake up and focus on you. That could be through meditation, that could be through workout, maybe meal prepping, whatever you need to do, um, and to have a disciplined schedule, mm-hmm. um, like a workday work day calendar schedule. It's very important um, through aspects of the day, um, certain days of the week. doesn't have to be full of color, different things. I'm a color person, yes. okay. uh, color coordinator, mm-hmm. right? So just being able to be disciplined with your schedule and then also leave room for failure, Right. There's some weeks. Every week's not going to look the same. Every day's not going to look the same. You're not going to feel the same every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, part of growing, part of entrepreneurship and just growing as um, business owners is really learning the lessons learned. Yes. You know, and sometimes we don't want to face those lessons, but those lessons learned are important. And just taking time for, you know, the things that you genuinely care about doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think that you have to like what you do. It's important. You know, and, and why reminding yourself why you're doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and finding creative ways on um, how to continue to expand that over time, you know, um, amidst all the new things that are always constantly being thrown at us, you know. So I think there's a lot of power in being able to, depending on the season, change what your day looks like. Yes. You know, and everyone doesn't have, I mean, in my mind, we're entrepreneurs as black women of the home. It does not, you know, entrepreneurship is not the only way. It it comes at different phases of our lives. Uh, triggers for that comes differently. It is not glamorous either. So I think that um, my advice is to just kind of get you yourself on a discipline schedule and find time for yourself and make sure you're passionate about what you're doing because passion is important. Yes. <laughs> It is important, but when it's time to talk about these numbers, right, does not drive business. Yes, it is it important. Does not. You need to know that. You need to know that. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank Jen. you for having me. Yes, this is we, amazing. I, I appreciate you having a platform like this. Yes, thank um, you to be so able much. to support Black women. So thank yes, you. Yes, absolutely. I think that what you do is extremely important, um, especially in today's time. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned, the statistics um, that are being thrown at us. Absolutely. You know, right? Absolutely. Uh, to clap. Right. Um, but then when it's time to talk about the money to run the business, everybody gets kind of quiet. Absolutely. Um, so I'm glad that you're here to share the knowledge yes. and help us prepare to be invited to the party. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yay, thank you. Thanks for joining. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, like, and share so that others will learn about Brick by Brick by the Brownstone Experience. You can also learn more about our guests by going to our website, The Brownstone Experience.